Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome back to the best trucking podcast on the internet. We're going to bring you the world of trucking and then some entertainment cars. It's me, Mark. I'm your podcast host with my co-host, Gracie. And today I want to bring a little bit of a special podcast, a special podcast where I'm going to look back, you know, on how much trucking has changed. I get that question a lot. Hey, how much has it changed? Well, I'm going to talk about a few things that have changed when for new people may not even realize this is how trucking was not that long ago. And whenever you think about this, you think, oh, gosh, it really makes you feel old. Huh. When I was young and we had to truck through snow that was 40 feet high and shovel our own way. And so, so it's not <laughs> it's not going to be that. But maybe new people can get a little bit of a not even new people, but newer people can get a little appreciation of what was happening. And um I'm sure some of you old hands, as they still remember some of these things. I hope to bring back some memories of those things. The good days and the bad days, as they say. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm Mark, and I have a trucking YouTube channel called Trucking Answers, and I also have truckinganswersnation.com, so go on over there if you uh, want to be informed on what's happening. I do a live show every Monday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. I hope that you will join me there. Um, with uh, trucking news information and uh, whatever else is on people's mind maybe some roller wiener information and also uh, now have this trucking podcast so this is probably better for people because they don't have to see me no one's got to actually look at me they just get me through your ear hole which is probably best that's what people tell me anyway so let me get into a couple of things now i started driving in 1988 all right and that's pretty good considering i'm just in my extreme upper 30s so uh, so started driving in 88, really went on the road probably late 88. I had a local job first at a company called Economy Transport. I don't even know if they're still around. They had two straight trucks and two semis. I started out in the Brigadier. All right, pretty awesome. Five-speed plus a two-speed rear end. People don't remember about that. But, uh, you know, some of the things that have changed, really, probably one of the biggest things I think that's changed. Are you Are you with me on this? The phone situation. Yeah, you know, we carry around a little computer with us. Um, in 1988, there wasn't any such thing. Some high-end people might have had a car phone, maybe. I didn't get a cell phone until probably the late 90s, and uh, that was pretty early even for cell phones. But initially, there wasn't a phone. So when you got empty, you know what you did? You called your dispatcher from a phone. Hopefully, the place you're at would let you use the phone. If not, you had to leave and go drive to the truck stop and tell them you're empty. Hopefully, you already had another load. If not, you'd try to get a load. And if they didn't have a load for you, guess what? Eh, Call us back in an hour. That's right. So you go park and then go walk back to your truck and then walk back in and call on a regular phone that's connected to a wall. Did you know phones used to be connected to the wall? (laughs) They did. And at the truck stop, there was a restaurant, and it said, you know, professional drivers only. And they had a phone on the table there, and you could use that phone with your phone card, F-O-N card. Look it up. That was from Sprint, I think. And you dial a number, and then dial your phone card number in, and then you could make a phone call, and it would charge that call off to your home phone. That's how we did it, right? Now, calling your company was generally a toll-free number, 800-888-866. Now they have 844. I don't know. They got all these different toll-free numbers. Holy mackerel. There's no more restaurants left. Well, there's some. There aren't the number of restaurants at truck stops that there used to be. Now it's all fast food, 
uh, McKing and uh, Burger Donald's and all these other things, uh, Taco Way, you know, all these different fast food places, and they don't have tables, usually. Certainly none with a phone on them, because everybody's got a phone with them. But that was the greatest thing. Sometimes you might put a quarter in the little jukebox thing on your table, too, and play music out of it. Remember that? Oh, my gosh. That Those were the days. Holy mackerel. I hardly even remember that. There's a few little places that had that kind of stuff. You'd flip through it, and all your music would be on there. Oh, all the greatest tunes, C.W. McCall and all these other stuff. Right, so uh, Johnny Cash. And uh, look, I do some country music, too, so... And if you want, I'll, uh, you know, I can do a podcast of, you know, possibly singing some of the top songs through the decades if uh, we want to do that. So Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com, let's, uh, let's let me know how you want. If you want to do that, we can, uh, we can do some covers. We can do covers. I'm in for it. I'm in for it. But phones, right, that phone, boy, that's, the, that's one of the biggest deals. And, you know, that goes right in with GPS. Now, I had the Garmin Navi years ago uh, when the suction cup to your window. This is probably 2000, 2000. 2003 right in there and uh, then phones got a little bit better they started putting gps in your phone you could have you could get a map in your phone isn't that amazing then this little company called google started making maps and you could put your phone up and use that and that's what i certainly use now but for a while it was that and before that you actually had to buy a map at the store can you believe that you'd go in the truck stop and they had this thing called an atlas that's right atlas and i would get a paper one every year i bought a new one every year they came out at the end of the year and it had all truck routes and it had all kinds of low bridge information in it and truck routing and you'd actually plan your route out isn't that something not just punching an address to a gps and go well just follow this no matter what okay you would plan your route out and uh, so gps you know it's good and bad it's good and bad i think because I use GPS now for traffic, so I'll run Google Maps, even though I go to the same place every day. I always have the Google Maps running because it gives me traffic, and it relates the speed of the phone to the speed of the road that it's on, and if a bunch of phones slow down, the color changes on it, and I think that's brilliant. So I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm a Luddite, and I'm against technology. I'm not. I love technology, but the map, Today, if I had students today, I would still make everybody learn on a map, on an atlas, because planning the route, understanding how the roads work in the country, I think that's a big deal. When you would map your route year after year after year, look at the map, open the map, you'd, you'd understand where all the interstates go, what cities they go through, where they go, where they are in relation to other routes and how all the routes in the country work. I think that's not taught enough. I think it is not taught enough. Many trainers today, uh, you know, and it's it's just how it is, learned with a GPS. They didn't learn with a map because we haven't used atlases in quite a long time. And so I would still make people learn on an atlas. And I think everybody should learn on an atlas how to route themselves out. Heck, you used to stop at the rest of us since that happened, but some of them would have a paper map but certainly should have an atlas now some of the drivers were all about plastic atlases so you can write on them with like a marker or a pen it would erase not me not i'm all about the paper ones because i got a new one every year that that plastic one was like 29.95 and i'm like no way right i could get these paper ones on sale sometimes for 9.95 so i was all about that 
So paper for me every year. And plus the roads and everything changed every year. So it was important to update your route, you know, your atlas, everything every year because all the routes changed. Remember all that? Do Am I the only one that remembers this? I hope not. I hope not. Um, logs. How about logs? Oh, my gosh. Have the logs changed? 15 hours, right, we used to run. <laughs> 10 hours off and then it changed again up all on paper everybody's buying loose leaves logs are flying all <laughs> you open the <laughs> oh my gosh you open the window of the truck and loose leaf logs fly all over the place you're like dang it i meant to throw those out okay none of that anymore none of that happens anymore and really that's not a great idea doing all that kind of stuff and i'd ever loose leaf that i always had books because i always thought it looked better to the officer okay some people would buy these loose leaf things but i never would i'd always have it in a book loose leaf just says to me you know i'm cheating so when you hand an officer a bunch of loose leaf logs they know you've thrown like 10 of them out they have to know it so i never loose leafed it i always left them in the book and um never ripped them out of there either because they count those pages don't ever do that so don't ever rip a page out of there they count them i've seen i've seen those dudes count those pages up you don't have 30 you want them in there you got a problem where'd the page go so I always did the paper ones, but, um, you know, the rules and all that keep changing and it doesn't matter to me what they are. All I need to know is what they are so that I can know how to be successful under the rules that we have. You know, whatever the rule is, I'm willing to work in it. As long as I know what it is, I can be successful at it. So I just change what I'm doing to fit into the rules so that I don't have any issues. So however many times they change the logs, no problem, no problem for me. Now, engines have certainly changed over the years. I started out in a T600. I remember that was my first truck. It was a couple of years old then. They hadn't been out that long. And it was maybe an 86, uh, maybe T600 at Regal Transport. And uh, it had, oh gosh, low 300s in the horsepower, no more than 350. Then I got a T800, which was set up the same. Now, those trucks went 61 miles an hour on cruise and 61 miles an hour on the pedal. And that was it. That's all the company let you do. The truck, in fact, which uh, trucks have changed to, only had one seat. They did not have a passenger seat in it, and it had a 36-inch sleeper that was right behind your head. There was no standing up in it, no nothing. This was a flatbed. The stack was 11.9. I remember them talking about that. I still remember that to this day. So without a load, I mean, you could go virtually anywhere. It wasn't any problem fitting around Chicago and most cities at 11.9. But engines, boy they've certainly changed i had a dual torque remember this dual torque 330 410 i think it was called a dual torque it was a cummins right it was a 330 410 and the idea was that normal operation you had 330 horsepower to save fuel and then it once it went to full power once you stepped on it you'd get 410 after a certain period of time but you couldn't fool it because if you stepped on it and the truck was accelerating on 330, it didn't give you the 410. The idea was that you'd use that 410 to get up a hill or something like that. So in actuality, um, it didn't work good because so you'd start up a hill, you step on it, right? And then you start slowing down and it took this thing, I don't know, six, eight miles an hour before you'd, it had kicked a 410 and you could feel it. You could feel it. Uh, boost itself but by then you're already slowing down you'd lost all that momentum 
So it didn't do you as much good. And maybe it, you didn't slow down as much, but you're already slowing down. It was, in theory, it was a good idea, kind of like a Cadillac V864. In theory, it was a good idea, but in actuality, not great. 1981, only year only for, uh, one year only for that. So the 33410, uh, I remember that. It had an N14 Cummins red top. That was a really good engine. I like those. I like Detroit's a lot too. I've had a couple of cats. Uh, they seem to run all right. You know, people are all enamored with them, probably more than me. I'm probably more of a Cummins fan because. Cummins engine so I just kind of got a fan that way plus they're made right here in Indiana I mean what what's not to like about it you know it's, it's the state to be in don't you think now comfort and size of the trucks is is another thing that t800 I had was not very big truck relative to today's monstrosities that are driving down the road with a 36 inch sit-in sleeper you know they cut then just when I was leaving they were they got in some like 48 inch sleepers which had a little room in front of the bed where you could put your feet down and we thought that was the most amazing thing that we'd ever seen in our lives because in my little truck at night you know your bag or whatever you'd take with you, you had to put on the floor next to you as so you could get in bed and then in the morning you'd get up and grab that bag so get your clothes and then put it on the bed so that you had that room for your map on the floor or whatever you had over there so that's how we used to do it now people write to me and go mark i'm, I'm only getting like a 50 inch sleeper 52 inch sleeper what am i gonna do <laughs> i'm just like you're gonna live pretty good in it you know that's uh, large compared to plus they all you can stand up in most of them now that was not a deal then to see a stand-up sleeper was uh really something you know i can get into those until the late 90s probably where i got a sleeper in international if you remember those would have had two square headlights that type of international you could add a stand-up sleeper in that with the two little windows up on top oh that was the most amazing We're like you know what i can stand up in here this is incredible incredible and now they're all temperature controlled back then it wasn't temperature control you just set the thing and hope for the best i mean my original the t600 didn't have any controls in the back it had a light back there i remember you had to leave it running in the front and you left your little curtains open and uh to get ventilation back there the t800 it seems like it did have a control panel back there this is going way back in the way back machine so uh <laughs> you know i had less experience but more hair so uh, i don't know what that how that works <laughs> the truck stop chains you know the rewards cards and everything every truck stop's got this rewards card but there's not as many cards as they used to be they started these cards, and I used to carry around probably a dozen of these cards. I had them all in a rubber band on the visor, depending on when you stopped. But heck no, it's mostly chains. Almost every place is a chain. You know, the TA, Petro, Flying J Pilot, Loves. Uh, you know, we got some Speedways. That's mostly, that covers probably 80% of truck stops now. That didn't used to be. There were all kinds of independent places and places that, you know, had a few stops but not that many oh my gosh that has all changed and away went most of the restaurants with that because it's easier to get in and out of fast food of course and i assume that when one of these fast food places is at a truck stop that the truck stop gets a cut of the food money of course that's how i assume either either pay rent or probably both they rent and give them a cut of the food well that works out good for the truck stop not so good for somebody that actually wants to come down and eat a decent meal like of liver and onions or um, 
you know, country fried steak or something like that, you don't have that option at as many places as you used to. You could sit around, you know, uh, harass the waitresses and uh, eat your country fried steak. Boy, that was trucking, wasn't it? <laughs> Boy, those were the days. <laughs> what about showers? Shall we get into showers? Shall we get in the shower together? All right, showers. Now, today, everything's all electronic. It's on your little rewards card. All your showers are loaded on there. Shower power and dirt powered clean machine. You used to have a ticket, a shower ticket. That's why people still ask for a shower ticket. It was a literal ticket. One of your fuel receipts was it said shower on it. I don't remember what color. It seems like the pink one. You got a white, yellow, and pink. Wasn't the pink one? Maybe it's the yellow one in the middle. Pink in the middle? I don't remember. I don't remember the color situation. I would have looked it up, but I forgot until just now. You'd take that in to the cashier, give it to them, and then they would give you a key on a broomstick handle, basically, four-foot-long broomstick that they drilled a hole in, kind of like the key you get at the Amico gas station when you go in and ask them for the key to the bathroom, and it's on a car tire, it's on a car rim. And they would also give you a couple towels and a wash rag and send you back uh, to the back, wherever the showers were. And they would take your driver's license and that shower ticket and pin it to that number and hang it up for all eyes to see, apparently. When you're done with your shower, you had to bring the towels out and drop them in the towel drop. And then you got your license back. And uh, that's how the showers used to work. And this, I'll tell you, Again, with technology, I'm in for it. I think the technology today, better. You don't have to wait in line to get a shower. You'd have to wait behind everybody getting their fuel receipt and everything else to get up and get a shower. Sometimes, sometimes they'd have a separate cashier for that, but not that often. So sometimes you just have to wait in line, you know, like a doofus said with your bag, waiting to get your shower. And then it's the same to drop the towels off because you don't want to drop them in the thing unless somebody saw you. So if there wasn't somebody there or they're busy, you had to make sure that they saw you dropping them in there. Otherwise, they're like, hey, where's our towels, fool? And I'm like, listen, I dropped them in there. Okay. And so, bud. And so uh, then, uh, okay, chief, you know, and then, and then it's on, you know, and then everybody was kung fu fighting. So that's a real problem. And so you give them your key and the key to the shower and then you got your driver's license back. That's how that, that's how that stuff used to go. This kind of stuff is, you know way different now you know the other thing i guess is parking you know parking used to not be a problem used to not be a problem i used to have a run that went from indianapolis to boston and back and then indianapolis to salem virginia and back every week that's how it worked on the way back from boston i would stop in milton pennsylvania every all every week okay that was my stop on the way back the two-tiered tr parking there was always parking at the top and I'd be getting back. I'd be getting there late midnight, 1 a.m. I would always be getting back late into that truck stop, but I never failed to get a parking spot. I don't think that's possible anymore. It is very difficult after 6 p.m., you know, 4 p.m. at some places to even get parking. In some cities, it's nearly impossible uh, all the time. And then back then, there were only a few places that charged you the Detroiter. Uh, was always one that charged to park, you know, two hours free, otherwise charged. And I don't know where they get off charging. They ought to pay us to go in that dump. 
but uh, Ontario always was a charge parking. You know, there were a few of these places scattered around the country. Both the Ontarios, both sides were charged because basically they got you there. Where else are you going to park? But otherwise, it was free parking. Now, not so much. And I see a day in the future where a good half, maybe more, 75% of the spots become pay. Maybe eventually most of the spots become pay spots. You know, I could certainly see that coming in the future because it's working out for the truck stops. They pay, you pay, or you go away, which rhymes. And um, if a truck stop wants to use that, uh, call me for licensing information. So that's, <laughs> that's how we'll do that. But, uh, the, you know, those are some of the things that I noticed over the years. And do you, do you remember any of these things? Remember shower tickets? Remember phones at the table? When you say, what about calling in? Was How annoying was that? Oh, we don't have a load. Call us in an hour. No load, no load, no load. You just keep calling every day. Also, you had to do your check call in the morning. We used to have to do a check call. It seems like between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. You had to do a check call. So you had to, no matter where you were, you had to go stop somewhere. Say you're already driving at a pullover stop, call, and tell them where you were, when you're going to be there, you know, and all, and then get back on the road or whatever. That's how that worked. Breakdowns, that was a huge hassle. I'm glad there weren't that many of those for me. You couldn't just pick up the phone and call, all right? You had to either get a ride somewhere or have somebody call you, you know, CB. Then they could phone from somewhere else. That was a huge mess. The cops would come, have them call. The phone thing is probably the biggest benefit to drivers, I think, of all these things that have come up. Phones. And then next, probably, I don't know, you know, the truck. Probably the truck comfort is probably next. But the phones, I mean, it changed your whole life. Having a phone with you where all the information of the whole world basically is available to you to just ask it uh, just changes it. That's why people are so intelligent now today. Um, you find that when you talk to not just truck drivers, right, just members of the general public, anybody that has a cell phone, you just know how intelligent they are because all the information that they could want to learn is available to them, and it has just expanded everybody's brains and our brain power and intelligence, right? I mean you just can see from how everyone is acting and everything and how intelligent and how uh, getting more information just increases everyone's intelligence. <laughs> All right. I barely can sit here and say that with the cat eyeballing me. So that's it for today. All right. And this podcast, ooh, that was pretty loud. So uh, I want to appreciate, I want to say that I appreciate everybody listening. And I hope that you'll join me on a live show on Monday at 1230 PM Eastern sometime. On YouTube at Trucking Answers, go to truckinganswersnation.com. Hey, your business, you want to sponsor this podcast? It's uh, Mark at truckinganswersnation.com. Let me know and uh, let me know what we can do here. Otherwise, everybody be safe out there. All right, and there'll be more podcasts. I'm going to try and do these every Tuesday, Thursday. That's when they should come out. Today, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to throw an extra one out there. I've been thinking about this stuff for a while. Let's get it out there for everybody. Get this podcast rolling. So, It's Mark, and uh, we're going to put it in the big hole and get on the big road, and we'll see you on the next one.